Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Success Grid Podcast with your host Hussein Talib. This is episode number 63, Entrepreneurial Leap with business and marketing power couple, Sharon and Hank Yulof. This is an amazing episode. It's got a lot of insights in it. Hope you enjoy this one. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on whenever you get your podcast. And don't forget also to leave me your voice messages on successgrid.net forward slash podcast. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Grid podcast here with me, Hussein Talib. I have a special guest today. I have a power couple. Sharon and Hank Yulof, they are voted the number one coaching team for small business entrepreneurs who are struggling with marketing, sales, human resources, public speaking, and networking. You name it. They are the authors of best-selling books, and they are the host of the Marketing Checklist Viewcast, right? Yes. Yes. How are you? We are good. Awesome. <laughs> good, great. So uh, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're a few days away from our, our 30th wedding anniversary. Uh, really when it when is it next wednesday oh cool happy anniversary thank <laughs> you awesome awesome great so speaking of anniversaries tell us a little bit about your stories and how you came together and about your businesses uh, your business sorry uh you know business started uh actually a- around a thanksgiving table in the u.s uh my family was one of those that always went around the table and said, what were you thankful for? And it got to me and I I was talking about Sharon and I, and life is great that way. And as I was passing it off to my sister, uh, my mother stopped me and said, wait a minute, you didn't talk about work. Now I had just come from a, a, I was a, a regional manager for a national company and had come from a, our regional managers meeting and our national sales manager had quit and the owner of the company put his son as the national sales manager (laughs) and his son had been with the company two months and was not a salesperson so that that happens a lot yes yes yes, all 14 (laughs) regional managers were very confused uh and my mom yeah that's a good way to put it uh, my mom said, well, what would it take for you to start your own company? Now, a- at the time, mm-hmm. I-, I-, I gave kind of a flip answer. I said, well, I need a new fax machine because the fax machine I have is owned by the company. I'd have to send it back. Uh, she looked at my dad and said, write him a check. That was 25 uh, years ago. Yeah, uh, okay. 25 years ago. And well, two weeks later, I uh, started my own company. Awesome. And, and, and actually within two months, Half of those regional managers had all left that that national company and started their own companies. Uh, okay, cool. So you like opened the floodgates or something? <laughs> yes, we we all left and and we we became very friendly competitors because uh, we all respected each other and we were all in different parts of the United States. So mm-hmm. we weren't really competing. So, but we we were all in the same industry, but we became mm-hmm. very friendly competitors. Awesome. I, I, but I love how you started. So basically, you're further give you like a push and not a yeah. lot of people 
tell the true story of how they got started, especially nowadays. I'm sure you know that you, you are already in the space. So, <laughs> well, yeah, it was, it's 25 years ago. So, well, what was interesting was that I started telling my clients that I had started my own company, and the the normal reaction was, "What took you so long?" And I said, "Why didn't you tell me?" You weren't ready, obviously, until you took the leap yourself. It's it's that until the, you took the entrepreneurial leap, you weren't ready to hear it from me. And I heard that from a lot of customers. So we, we are now still in COVID, I think, I guess, right? We're still, we're still yeah. there. So tell me about how you and your own business and your clients' business, how did you revolve and pivot or deal with that situation? So a lot of our clients, um, one of the reasons that, that they are attracted to working with us is because they were hesitant about being online. They were mm. used to being in person. And the whole online thing was a little frightening and overwhelming. There's so many social media channels. And I, my website is supposed to do something besides be a brochure, but I don't really know what that means. And right, So that whole online thing was overwhelming for them. And now COVID, and it, it it threw them in the deep end, right? Well, you didn't want to do it. We were kind of taking you, you step go, by kids. step, but now you're kind of boom. So, <laughs> so, we, so we, that's what we did. We pivoted with a lot of our clients to, yeah. to help them be online faster and fully and profitably. Yeah, mm. we, we had to pivot several dozen businesses all at once. It was mm. really fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to hear it was fun. <laughs> Not a lot of sleep. Not yeah. We heard, yeah, we heard yeah, that there yeah, were people that, that were bored during COVID, but that wasn't us. No. <laughs> yeah. So but just let me ask you, this one is like kind of personal. So you've been working together for now almost 30 years? Uh, actually, uh, no. about 11. Yeah. 11. Okay. So 11. I had to beg her to come work with me. You sure. begged her to work with you. Oh, okay. That's this is in you. That's in you. I never, I never <laughs> seen <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I uh, mean, personally, I never seen, I never seen a man uh, telling his wife like, "Yo, let's go, come work together." Uh, this, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> no, it's not go, our go, go, Good for you, and this is, and apparently it's working great for you both. Awesome. Yeah. No, it is. It's much more fun. Mm. Uh, we don't have. We never have to have that. How was your day, dear? Conversation at the end of the day. We know you're, how we, uh, our days were. You, you've been uh, together all day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. we're we're together all the time. We are partners in everything. <clears throat> Tell me, you you seem a lot you seem a lot passionate about. Uh, from what I get from you, you seem passionate about helping businesses, small businesses, in specifically. Why small businesses? Uh, you know, they're the lifeblood of the economy, at, at least here in the states. Without uh, without the small business, uh, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't have what used to be called the middle class. Um, and if if the U.S. wants to rebuild that middle class, it's going to happen with small businesses. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll I'll tell you a quick story. Um, when I was in college, I worked for the, our college newspaper, mm. and I was selling advertising. And I had all sorts of small business owners that wanted to sell to college students, so they would advertise in the newspaper. Mm. And they were all asking me what what should I put in my ads, and and how should I attract it. And it occurred to me that these people who had put their life savings into their business were asking a 20 and 21 year old how to save their businesses. Yeah. 
20, and, you still don't know what you're going to do tomorrow. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, and and it turns out I was pretty good at it. And I had found a niche in college, and I've been working with small business owners ever since. Where should businesses focus go? Should they, for example, for example, should they look for new clients or keep focusing on their current ones or innovate or Thank keep working with the methods that they are working already? Really good question. It, it really. <sighs> In some ways, it depends on the business, right? Especially when you ask, should they innovate? It depends on the business. It depends on where they are in the life cycle of the business. Most business owners, small or otherwise, um, that they, they invest more time and dollars into finding new customers, which is the most expensive way to go. If they would use those dollars to focus on current clients and having those current clients buy more from them and refer. Or refer. It would they would uh, they'd be far more profitable. Yeah, yeah. setting up a, a a really strong referral system. Um, you know, our our clients know that if they refer somebody to us, they make they make you know several hundred dollars just by referring somebody to us mm. because we know we're gonna have we have to invest. There's a there's a client acquisition cost. Yeah, exactly. And we would rather give the money to our clients for referring us to people than. You know, any advertising Google or you know or whatever advertising we're doing so these businesses that you help with our find new clients or develop the uh, working with the, their own clients uh, how do you work with them in finding their target market exactly it, it comes down to a few things right so who are their favorite clients who do they like to work with and then looking also at patterns of who their current clients are who do they most naturally attract yeah, we, we we attract we we have um, five different we call them Harriet. Um, okay. Other marketers would call them avatars. We we gave them all names. <laughs> we have five different silos Harriets that, that we attract. Um, we attract quite a few uh, couples that are in business, partners in business, because you know, we're partners. We kind of get that. In fact, next week um, we have we have a new book coming out. It's called Partners in Everything that we wrote for people that have a partner in business. They don't have to be a married couple. Just Two people. Uh, cool. So, um, so your seventh book, this one would be your seventh. Yeah, our seventh okay. book coming out Wednesday. Really excited. <laughs> um, it's on Amazon for ninety nine cents. Go find awesome. it. Uh, how's that for a sales pitch? Uh, <laughs> we, work, we work with um, quite a few millennials who, you know, they're they're just coming into their own and they're looking for people who've got some business experience. And like Sharon said, we work with a lot of folks that are they're at that fifty plus. They're nowhere near ready to retire, but a lot of the online confuses them. So we, all of our message, when we're putting out a marketing message, we think, okay, which one of those Harriets, which one of those audiences are we talking to right now? And we don't try and speak to everyone, but we try and narrow it so to that, those, you know, that one particular audience. Yeah, cool. And we encourage so our clients to do the same. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you mentioned marketing. Do you encourage or focus on your marketing on online marketing mostly, or do you go like offline? For us or for our clients? Yeah, both for you or your okay. clients. So for for us again, it depends on the Harriet, as Hank said, <laughs> right? If it's uh, if it's someone that's not as comfortable being online, then we focus on offline ways. We do some direct mail. 
now that COVID it seems to be lifting a little bit, we can do more in-person things and, you know, stages, you know, so to speak. For our clients, we we ask we we talk to them, right? So who's your ideal client? Who's your favorite client? Who's your most profitable client? And where are they hanging out? If mm. it's online, then where online are they hanging out? And if it's in person, then go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> for us, we we market our business a lot of different ways because we want to have our hands on it. And if we're telling a client to do a certain thing, um, most of the time we've done it. Now, some of, some of the times we, we know it's not going to really work for us, but we want to do it because we want to be good at it when we're helping yeah. somebody else. But other times, you know, th there's a lot of things we do that we know work really well for us. Mm, so. You working with businesses, have you seen some of the, for example, can someone pull or uh, let's say pull customers from a competition to a new company? Is that possible or is it like tough? Well, it's certainly possible. You know, let's let's look at it this way. Do you have a favorite restaurant? Yeah, I, I like any 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 restaurant uh, that has pizza in it. So, <laughs> okay, but do you have a favorite pizza restaurant? Yeah, yeah, uh, Domino's and Little Caesar. Okay, interesting. Really? Okay, there's better pizza out there. Just yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There is a lot. Yes. You know, I'll, I'll use one of our favorite. One of our favorite restaurants near us is called Red Rock Cafe. They, they have a they great, don't have pizza. They don't have pizza. <laughs> they serve a great breakfast. Great breakfast. Huge cinnamon roll. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh, that's yeah. delicious. If, if, Close to pizza. <laughs> if someone wanted to get our business for breakfast, they'd have to, uh, they're, what they're trying to do, and, and what, if you're trying to take a competitor, some of the way from a competitor, you're trying to change somebody's habits and you know the the human animal just like every animal we are creatures of habit and we get into we get used to doing it so there has to be something that very much changes your habit if someone wanted to say hey come to our restaurant for breakfast instead of red rock i don't know what kind of a special it would have to be because we 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 love the service. We love the food. The pricing is good. You know they they've kind of have a, have a really good deal. But if we're trying to change someone's habit, remember that that you are you have to do something that's going to capture their attention. And it isn't always price. Yeah, it could be that hey, we have a pizza that has forty seven different toppings on it. Whoa, whoa. and it's amazing. <laughs> You know, there, there's a pizza restaurant in Los Angeles. Um, oh, they're, gee, uh, let's see, they're not a client, so I don't want to say it. Anyway, they advertise that they have a 16,000 calorie pizza. Oh, my goodness. They're, they're, the, the pizza restaurant, they're called Joe Peeps. They're in oh. North Hollywood, California. And they'll deliver anywhere. Now, if, you're if they wanted to deliver to us in Arizona, the delivery charge would be a lot. But they would deliver anywhere. So really, oh, okay. It'd be yeah. even more to him, though. Yeah. So <laughs> the the idea is they they try and stand out. Now their their sixteen thousand calorie pizza is tremendous. But that that you know, that's a lot of calories. It is. But how are you going to stand out? And you have to do something to capture their attention. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yes, as yes. business coaches, we capture a lot of attention attention because there's two of us. You know, we're. People get yeah, rarely get one, one usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. usually get one, not, not two. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but so 
for you know that that tends to work really well for us plus we each have different backgrounds you know um Sharon has a master's in nonprofit management and I have degrees in advertising PR and economics so the breadth of where we come from together it's great you know we each have a, a very very back a very very background wow <laughs> I speak for a living so you know what's going to set you apart and when you figure that out that helps you promote you and, and that becomes the thing that that captures their attention. You know, exactly. the, the fish yeah. the fish only needs one worm. But does it? Will it go for it? <laughs> well, well, look at you know, if it's the right pizza. You know, yeah, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people in the world don't particularly want to write you a check, but you can make a really good living with point zero zero one percent of the of the population of the world. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you don't have to sell to everybody. Exactly. You, there, there, there is abundance. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, there, you yeah. couldn't. You couldn't handle all that business anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A big corporation can too. Well, sometimes, not everybody. Yeah. Not everyone goes to Domino's. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody yeah. goes to Walmart. Not everyone buys Toyotas. Some people yeah. like Ford. You know, so, so not yeah. even really large companies mm. get all of the business. Yeah, of course. So you mentioned like getting attention. Yeah. So, so to me, maybe this is would say would be like marketing. So, like we have marketing and sales. So, right. like, yeah. Right. So, so basically, marketing is like having the attention of the customer and sales doing making the sale. This is, but but where's yeah. the focus on the business should be? Should there be like a brand awareness and stuff like that, and marketing campaigns, or should they be focusing on making more money and making sales and dollars and stuff? Well, like let's. Well, one leads to the yeah. other. Yeah. Marketing is getting your prospect to raise their hand and say, yeah, I'd like some information. And and once they raise their hand, then the sales process can start. You know, we've all met that insurance person who, yeah. you know, the, the moment you meet them, they hand you, here's my card. Oh, and you might want to take a second card for somebody else. And it's like, you haven't even asked me my name. <laughs> you know, you you have no idea. You know, you sell, said you sell, you sell say you sell auto insurance, you don't even know if I own a car, you know, but they're handing cards. So they're going right into the sales process instead of building a little bit of rapport. Yeah. You got to make sure the door to that conversation is open. Yeah. And it, it, so the marketing helps to know is the door open so that you can walk through it and, and have a sales conversation. Yeah, exactly. So what do you would give the, the best tips or best practices for either marketing or sales, in like points, two or three points. Tell you what, if you do the marketing, I'll do the sales. <laughs> yes, uh, know who your know who your ideal client is. Who's your most profitable client, mm. and then create the message to attract that client. And only after you have those two points, then okay, well, where are those people hanging out? Where do I put that message to attract those clients? Too many people start with the tactic. Well, I want to do Facebook ads. Okay, well, is your is yeah. your ideal client even on Facebook? Like we need to start further back. Who's the yeah. ideal client? The message to attract that client and then where do we put that message? Mm. Especially yeah. uh sorry, you talked about like for example Facebook ads like with social media now like a lot of platforms. So even if like Facebook has like 2 or 2 1 or 2 billion users, I don't know, maybe more now. So, but maybe, like you mentioned, maybe the, the, the ideal customer is on LinkedIn or maybe they are on yeah. Pinterest or, yeah. 
Exactly. You know, we're we're in a, a a small little networking group here in, in Sedona, and we're we're about to run some ads on Facebook. Uh, we'll, the ads we're going to run are be will be very centered on our little town. It doesn't it does us no good to advertise in New York outside, or, yeah. Or, yeah, or even or, Phoenix, or even which Phoenix. is only two hours away. You know, it's we'll have a very a very small geographic area where those ads will run because that's that's our audience. Yeah. You know, and and on the sales side. We have seen that a lot of people that we teach some sales to sales tactics, they think that or they feel that once they get a client to say yes and they've made the sale, that that's that's the end of the process. And that's really just the beginning of another process. You know, you have to take care of that customer. You have to follow up with that customer uh, because you're going from a point of making a sale to now a point of loyalty and advocacy you know yeah. we, we each we each drive a toyota prius and okay. we are we are so in love with that little call you know our little priuses uh, <laughs> i don't know what the Pri- 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 yeah. it's Pri- <laughs> i'm not sure Pri- Pri- yeah. somebody from toyota will correct me <laughs> but, but we're such fans that um Sharon got one, and then I got one. What are, we, what are the colors of the cars? The colors, green. Mine, my first one was silver, and now I have the the really pretty blue one. Oh, okay, the blue one is nice. It's shiny, it's I guess. Gorgeous, mm. but it, <laughs> the green. color, nice the color, color really wasn't important. The first time I bought, I bought one. Um, we had, Sharon had gotten hers, and this was when they first came out. And then two years later, you know, the, the style that they are now, they they changed it. Now mm. it was just coming out. And we bought the car without ever having seen it. Or test driven it. They said, hey, do you want a new one? Here's the price. It has more power. It has better mileage. And they didn't want to check. They just said, get on the waiting list. And they said, your car came in. I had already loved her car. And I asked the salesperson, I said, what if I saw it and I didn't like it? And she said, mm. we would have just gone to the next person on the list. And mm, so, cool. but... When that one died, we gave it to the local high school and I was looking for a new one. And, and I told a friend who's an auto broker, I said, just find me one, you know, like a, a 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. And he said, what color? I said, I don't care. It, it didn't, it didn't matter. I wanted the engine and because we love getting 50 miles to the gallon. So we be, we have become advocates of that, that little car, you know, it, and it was because Longo Toyota in Los Angeles took care of us so well when we bought the first one that it made it really easy to get the second one. Mm-hmm. And if they had never followed up, you might not have gotten the second one. Exactly. Yes. And and you know, we see this in real estate. You know, we've never had a realtor that we that either sold a house for us or followed up. We've only had one. That has that has kept us on their his mailing list, even though we've moved out of the area, <laughs> and follows up with us every month. What is and, awesome! And we've yeah. known lots of real yeah. estate agents, and this that's not unusual thing. Mm. So follow up with your clients. We send we send postcards to our mailing list every every month. Cool. It's about the relationships. It's not now yeah. now now there because for example, any customer in the world has has for example Google. He can search anything. At any minute for anything, oh, yeah. and a lot of competition, a lot of products everywhere, similar products and so forth. So if you wanna keep and retain and get the customer, maybe now 
relationships are the are the key maybe to to that yeah, yes you're completely right you know it's it's you know it you, really always was yeah you, know, you, you think that you think you couldn't find a, a marketing plan on google <laughs> yeah there is a print you know yeah but there are plenty uh, of them now we happen to have a couple of that are online but we there are a few other people who can help you with your marketing we, yeah, we know yeah. that and that's fine you know, if we, you resonate with us, then that's great. And if you don't, then go find someone you resonate with. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's we try not to sweat it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So listen, you talked about how you bought a car, your story, or you got a car. So I don't know. I was like watching videos the other day, and the guy was talking about emotional buyers and logical buyers. Yeah. What, what do you think of that? I think everyone is really an emotional buyer. So we, yeah. we all, we have a gut reaction and then we use logic to say, oh yeah, my gut was right. You know, years ago, um, Honda had a car called the Prelude. It was a little sports car. Mm. And, Before the Prius. Yeah, this was a while ago. This was, the, and, and I wanted one because I was going to look cool in the car and I knew it went fast. So I was going to go fast and look cool. And I wasn't really ready to buy it, but I went into a dealership just for the heck of it to, to look at one. And I let the salesman take me through it. And I said, how much is it? And he told me how much it was. And I said, I'll take it. I was not ready to buy the car that day, but he gave, he gave me a price that I knew what price I was going to buy at. And he offered me a price without even, without even arguing that was below that. Because yeah. you know, a lot of car dealers they they put that one car only at this price, and they I bought the car that was going to go in the ad. Yeah, I was not ready, but my subconscious was. I wanted yeah. the car. I was going to look cool and go fast. Yeah, awesome. So speaking of prices and this one, um, how how do you determine the price for any uh, product? Yeah, really, you know, it's it's. I'll show. I'm going to show you something. Um, what we do a Monday mastermind call for all of our clients. They're all on one. And I, I'm, my notes here, we were, we were talking to a client and she was talking about how do I price my classes? Mm. So we were, we were just talking about it. And we said, well, what do you, I wrote down a price. I wrote down a number per a dollar amount per hour. And I said, what do you think you would charge? And she gave us a number that was a little below. I, it was great because she wasn't far below it. But I said, well, let's start a little higher. Because most people, most people are going to business, they, they charge too little. Really? They yeah. undervalue their value. Yeah. They and, undervalue their value. Yeah. Mm, you know, good. the first time I put together a marketing plan, nobody bought it because I was charging too little. I doubled the price and somebody and people started to buy. Uh, I I don't know. Sometimes people maybe relate expensive things with that. It's a good thing. Like sometimes. to me, yeah, yeah. So because, for example, I don't care about brands whether it's clothing or whatever. It's the same to me. But sometimes because this watch, it's like there is a difference. Yes, sometimes there is, but sometimes it's, there is not. So this watch is like a thousand dollars, and this watch is a hundred dollars. So that. Thousand dollar watch is better than the one thousand dollar watch. You know, they both yeah. tell time. Yeah, they yeah. Do. <laughs> you know, but I'll tell you, I love my Ray Ban sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And and I I truly, when we moved to this town, I I had a we came from Los Angeles where I was in a suit every day, and we moved to Sedona where it's a little more casual. And I'll tell you, I, I'm starting to give away my suits. The last three that go are going to be my Hugo Boss suits because there's something about a Hugo Boss suit. And in fact, we were we were in London two years ago and we went to Harrods. And inside of Harrods, there's a Hugo Boss store and they had a sale. And I got a, a black Hugo Boss jacket that was like... And you had my brother buy one too. Yes, because he didn't own it. He didn't <laughs> have a short coat. And I said, you don't own a Hugo Boss jacket, do you? No, I said, try this on. <laughs> oh. uh, so you so you basically seduced him. I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing. So yeah, there's there's some brands I, I dig, but you know. But yeah, my jeans are from, you know, a truck stop outside of Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> hey, $14.99 and I knew they were black jeans and I needed jeans. So uh, yeah, the important thing that you are comfortable in, in your clothes or whatever that you're yeah. doing. <laughs> so let yeah. Awesome. So let us some, yeah. My Ray Bans and my Hugo Boss. That's yeah. Like uh, Tom Cruise in the 80s, maybe. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. If I want to feel good, I'll put on that Hugo Boss suit, even if even if I'm going to be at home, all, you know, in the office all day. <laughs> awesome. Just just nice. I, I need I need to pump. You know, I need to pump up myself. So. Awesome. stand outside with the Ray Bans. Exactly. I'll stand outside in my suit with the sunglasses. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this question: uh, What challenge? What most of the challenges that you see businesses face if when they're starting it's it's being undercapitalized or they say things like you know i'm i'm just going to use that really cheap free website thing Ugh. and i'll i'll build a real website on wordpress later uh we see that a lot and Too and often. they never changed you know and and the website and they get comfortable and it's now it's a habit and oh, yeah. and the website doesn't serve them most we see a lot of people that don't follow up Follow-up yeah. is a big one. You know, it, yeah, you, take, you mean follow-up like, for example, an email sequence or email marketing? Oh, email and direct mail and phone calls and text. Ma- I mean, there are thing. multiple ways to reach out. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, average, the average sale takes between 5 and 12 touches. You know, and I just heard this today. I was on a training this morning. Yeah. And she, she said that uh, the new stats are for COVID time, because everyone is overwhelmed by so much stuff that it's taking 30 touches wow. during COVID time. Yeah. So that's like two, 2.5 X that two and a half yeah. times. Wow. You know, we're, we're starting to promote our book that yeah, we're, our books come out next Wednesday and which is fine. Cause most of you that are watching this, it's already passed. It's already passed so I can tell <laughs> you, uh, we're, we're promoting that. Um, on our Mexico. social media <laughs> Monday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That that's pesky. Um, that's Sharon's cat. Awesome. Uh, we're promoting it every hour on the hour for three days. <laughs> There's going to be a new post that goes up. Some funny. We're doing a lot of funny stuff that goes along with it. Well, uh, thirty six touches. There yeah. So there you go. So thirty six touches, and they might buy the book. They might invest a dollar. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's part of it is really uh, we're very fortunate. We have uh, our list of of friends, clients, people. Um, 
we probably don't have to promote our books that much to hit bestseller because a lot of people will invest the dollar just because. This is our seventh, and it's a and it's a really different book than just marketing tips or HR. It's, it's about couples that work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's a very different book, and we're we, our editor tells us it's a really it's one of our better ones. So we're really we're really proud of so, it. Also, tell us a little bit about your book, the marketing checklist. It's named. Um, this one, well, this one's called Partners in Everything. No, I mean the previous one. The, the, the first ones we we had um, the here. Mm. I can show you. Yeah. <laughs> here, allow allow me. Show and tell. Show and tell. The first book was forty nine stupid things people do with business cards and how <laughs> to fix them. Okay. Where where I put had all sorts of business cards. Did you know that there's forty nine things that people can do wrong? Um, <laughs> and I I showed that to our coach. Who said you had to have a book? And he looked at. It, he said, "Well, that's great. Where's the workbook? Oh, what workbook? Okay. Well, you just spent a hundred and ten pages telling people their business cards suck. Don't you think you ought to help them? Fine. <laughs> so I started putting another book together, and and they're going to have to know about logos and this and that. And that turned into the marketing checklist: eighty simple ways to master that's your marketing. Cool. And and that hit bestseller. I showed that to one of our coaches and he said, that's great, but where's the workbook? <laughs> no, really, I still have the workbook. And that turned into the marketing checklist too. Oh, okay, cool. 49 more. Here's a hint, by the way. If I had known that this book was going to come out, this book would not have had 80. It would have had a lot fewer because now there, there's 49 tips here. Whoa. And then... Sharon said, well, I want a book. So Sharon's background is in human resources. So we have small business human resources secrets. Awesome. That became an a, a international bestseller in Australia. Thank you, Austin. Did it? it? Yeah. I, I know. Good. Bizarre, given that the HR laws are probably different in Australia, but okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then we had the, the hows and wives of social media because evidently marketing coaches have to Talk about social media a little bit. And then we've got the marketing checklist for sales. Yes, cool. So I see your picture both together. So did you co-wrote the books? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All, All of them? The first two. All except for this one that has my sh- smiling face and the one about business cards. Mm, cool. Awesome. So, so uh, every book that you are going to write from now on, I assume you're going to write together? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we have... The, the book after this is we're writing it. We're going to write it with a friend of ours. Um, it's the working title is E equals MC squared. What Einstein, Galileo and Tesla teach us about marketing. Whoa. Where we, we talk. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, things like the, the third law of thermodynamics, a body in motion stays in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. I, I look. I got. I got to be in high school yeah, physics <laughs> because I made my teacher laugh. That was really. That was the biggest gift I ever got. Actually, um, it's, a, it's a great headline. If you are going, if you are not going to write that book, I can take the title. Uh, well, but we're going to. He's right. Our friends writing the physics, and then we write the marketing. And the marketing part of that is, if you don't, do, if your marketing sucks and you don't do something to change it, it's going to continue to suck. So you, exactly. you can see kind of what this book's <laughs> going to be about. 
And then after that, um, we have another marketing tips book that'll come out that's pretty much already written. <laughs> awesome. So uh, I want you to both give us, give the listeners that will listen to this one, one takeaway from this episode. I married way up and my wife is really wonderful. <laughs> if, working, if to, fortunate, working together is, seems great, right? If you're so fortunate enough to marry not. up, don't ever let her go. <laughs> my, my mom called Sharon the daughter she never had, and I have a oh, sister. Cool. <laughs> I did luck out in the in-law. So, uh, that yeah. is for sure. You know, um, don't give up. Really, you know, it, there are going to be some bad days, and that's okay. What? We all, we all have bad days. We all have days we wish just. You know, we learned this from one of our mentors: never quit on a bad day. Yeah, because we all have bad days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're going to quit, wait till you have a good day, and then you won't feel like quitting anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> and and tell you what, if you're having a bad day, um, go to howtogettherefaster.com, and we'll give you a half hour pep talk. Cool. You can go into our calendar. We'll give you a pep talk for a half hour. Just oh, cool. so go to howtogettherefaster.com. So this is where can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So we'll uh, we'll pump you up. We'll get we'll get you ready to go. Awesome, awesome. Uh, do you have do you have another do you have another website or this is just uh... um you know our our hub is uloftcreative.com. Everything is, you can find everything there. Yeah. Including how to get there faster. Yeah. <laughs> Including how to get there faster. Cool, 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 cool. How did you get that domain name? When did you get that? Okay. So, so it was 2.30 in the morning oh. and I was awake and I was thinking, okay, what, why do people come to us? What are the, what are the two questions people ask us all the time? Because we were, we were, somebody said, what are the two questions? And the two questions are, what do I do next? And how do I get there faster? Mm, cool. And I thought, I wonder if how to get there faster.com is available. No, you thought. I thought get there faster.com. Yeah, so I, I went into the office at 2.30 in the morning and I looked up get there faster. A bike store owns it. A bike? Yeah, a bicycle shop. Okay. Cool. It was wonderful. I was like, yay. So I looked up how to get there faster and that was available. And that's, that's where that came from. Cause it's one of the two questions people ask us all the time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you both Hank and Sharon for being with me today on the success great podcast. Awesome. Thanks for thank having you. us. So appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of success grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.